As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a post-game edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Uh, this is our post-game edition from the Christmas Eve game, the Raiders 13-10 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are obviously talking here on Monday, a couple days later. Decided to uh, to to try to enjoy the the holiday. I know uh, probably not a fun holiday for, uh, for the Raiders players and their fans after uh, another game that... Basically put the final nail in the coffin on this season. They fall to the to the Steelers. They they watch uh, rookie Kenny Pickett drive down and uh, and throw the uh, the game winning touchdown pass, and they have clinched for the sixth time now in Derek Carr's nine seasons a a losing season. They are uh, at six and nine going into the final two games against the 49ers and the Chiefs, both which they'll be heavy underdogs. Um, this, this is looking like uh, quite possibly a, a six and eleven and, and pretty lost season for them. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs' reaction after the game really sums it up in terms of where the team is right now. When they started two and seven, we all were pretty certain that like this season wasn't going to end how they wanted to, but it kind of did that that classic Raiders thing where they go on a nice little run and give fans a reason to get back into it and get some hope just to kind of revert to the mean going down the stretch. And so this is a flawed team, clearly. You know, we, we've known that just defensively, uh, even though they've been playing well, like they, they don't have enough. The offense hasn't lived up to expectation. They've had some some poor coaching decisions. And so it's really just a continuation of what they've done the whole season. Is this kind of it's not much new to talk about because it's the same stuff over and over. Um, and that has to be it's going to be frustrating anyway with, for fans, but especially to have a team that does have talent. Um, and it puts themselves in positions where they should or could win games to continually lose in pretty much the same way over and over. It has to be uh, pretty frustrating to watch every week. Yeah, it was a tough loss. The defense uh, played well, and they, they lost Chandler Jones and lost Enzo Perriman. You wondered if they have enough to hold on. 
Uh, they didn't uh, in the end. Well, another classic uh, come from a head loss. Just um, just a tough, tough season, tough loss. I think you looked at the offense. They had their pieces back. You saw Waller made some plays in that game. Renfro made a nice touchdown play. So they had their guys back, that their, their main their main cast, which everyone was looking forward to this season, but still only had 10 points against you know, a Pittsburgh team that was tough, but not great. Weather was definitely um, not good, but it wasn't a overriding effect on the passing end. We were able to get some balls out there, so I thought there were plays being made. Derek missed some throws, but um, and Josh Jacobs couldn't get going. I know he was frustrated, but they did try for a little bit to get the run game going, and it didn't happen. I mean, uh, McDaniel said today that the, um, the Steelers were playing like, you know, four and four, so eight-man box, kind of like, you know what, this is not going to happen, so you got to be this another way, and, and the Raiders couldn't do it. So um, a lot of questions, you know, coming up this offseason with, with, the, with the roster, and um, we'll have to assume the coaching staff remains intact based on uh, what Mark Davis said earlier. But, um, yeah, another losing season, uh, more frustration for fans and for, uh, for Derek Carr. Just going back to the game a little bit, after the first drive, the next five carries netted, a total of four yards. So, you know, the run game definitely did, was getting stifled. Um, Josh McDaniel said they were putting extra bodies and uh, bigger bodies in a box with their 4-4 defenses. They weren't giving the Raiders those light boxes that they were so used to run to. I know a lot of people look at Josh Jacobs' numbers and they look at the run numbers and they think this is a ground-and-pound team. But, no, this is a team that takes advantage of light boxes, too high defenses, Josh Jacobs leads the league and runs against uh, two deep defenses, which is one of the reasons why he's so efficient. Uh, so it's not really a, a ground-to-pound team that can just run and grind out yards against eight-man boxes. You saw what happens against uh, the Rams when they commit too much to the run. So this offense has to be balanced. And, you know, you, you saw them try to go to the pass when the run game wasn't working. And obviously it's pretty hard to pass in uh, those conditions. Derek Carr was off on some passes. I still thought some of those passes should have been caught, but it was just a uh, rough formula for the Raiders, and they they couldn't score just, you know a few more points that should have won them that Steelers game. And um, you know we we talked about it before, but uh, worst case scenario is if they win some games, get out of bad draft position, and you know not make the playoffs. So at least I think there's probably a pretty good chance they lose these last two games against the Niners and. Chiefs and put themselves in the best draft position possible to build for the future because you know this season is just not it. You look at Carr; he throws three interceptions um, over the past five games. Now he's completed only fifty-seven percent of his passes for a thousand and eighty-seven yards, so a little over two hundred yard, two hundred seventeen yards per game. Nine touchdowns, nine interceptions, a passer rating of seventy-four point two. And we're gonna get into the discussion in a little bit about you know is it. Is it worth it for him to even play these last two games? But, you know, for in terms of what that does for the contract. But, I mean, you just look at the performance last five games. Uh, you know, and they're three and two during that stretch, too. I mean, which is it's kind of remarkable that they haven't even had a losing st- record during the stretch. But, uh, I mean, he just he's not been good this season. You know, last year we saw him make a lot of progress. He's had this up and down career. And, and last year kind of seemed like he solidified himself as, you know, in that top 12-ish range. He's dropped off. He's, he's not had a good season. Yeah, Carr's been mediocre this year. I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously it's, it's not all on him as we've gone over multiple times, but he just hasn't been playing well enough. I mean, he's missing throws, costly misses, not just incompletions. Like a lot of these misses are leading to interceptions and pick, pick sixes. Like he hasn't fumbled the ball as much this year, but now he's throwing more interceptions. So it kind of hasn't really mattered. And um, this, this passing offense has just never seemed to get in the sink. I mean, early on in the season, the offensive line was really struggling, pass protection, and he didn't seem to truly trust it. Um, had happy feet, was rushing things. 
and Waller and Renfro got hurt. And now, even though they're back, they're kind of not really back because they're halfway playing. It just it just seems like he just never really got comfortable. Even in those weeks where the offense was rolling, it was largely on, on the legs of Josh Jacobs, you know, and then they kind of had some big chunk plays through the air kind of off of that. But even if they didn't, you know, make the playoffs or reach their expectation this season, I, I didn't think we would say see Derek Carr regress in this way with this, this talent that he has around him and McDaniel's system with what he's been known to accomplish. And, you know, I didn't see this coming from him in terms of his level of play and you know they're not gonna shit on him publicly i know you know josh mcdaniels has been peppered with a lot of questions about him and pretty much says you know he's playing well and he's making the throws and all that kind of stuff but they can't be happy with the, the quarterback play that they're getting right now or a lot of other positions on on the team obviously but that's always going to be the one that gets the most attention and, and Derek carr just just flat out hasn't been good enough this season I think part of the reason they can't criticize him too much is because it also falls on McDaniels. I mean, the reason you look at Carr struggles this year, a lot of it comes down to the scheme. He had never been comfortable. He said it early on several times. I'm trying to do what Josh wants me to do. And there have been stretches where the play calls are very predictable. Sometimes you scratch your head what they're doing. So I think um, if you're Josh McDaniels, you can't blast Derek Carr too much. You can't criticize him too much because it's on you. This guy was a top I'm also on you. So this guy was a top, you know, still is top, top 12, top 15 quarterback. So for him not to be playing well is in hat. And he was playing really well just last year with a team that was not as talented offensively. So that's a huge question mark. So, and again, the offensive line is the way they handled this year was not well done. So I think uh, if you are Josh McDaniels, you got to tiptoe a little bit because the harder you come out on the offense and on Derek Carr, I mean, you are, you know, a six-ring play caller who is the genius. So, obviously, it also falls on you. So, it's definitely um, it's a tough flying for him to walk right now these last two weeks. And you also can't shit on him because you don't want to shit on his trade value, right? If that's, you know, that, that'll that be something we'll discuss a little more, more as we kind of get into the offseason. But, you know, we, we keep kind of going on this roller coaster ride of is he back, is he not? And it would seem to be trending toward not. And if that's the case... It's possible that Saturday night, Christmas Eve, was Derek Carr's last start as a Raider because there is an inherent risk if the Raiders do decide to play him in these final two games uh, with them essentially out of the playoff hunt. And the fact that if he were to get hurt, they could be on the hook for all that money next year if they uh, are indeed planning to move on from him. Do you want to take that chance against the Niners defense and that defensive line? Like, that is a pretty big risk, you know, uh... I think. I mean, you know, he's been pretty uh, durable his whole career, but I mean, against that defensive line, you know, I think they'd have to make a decision on that pretty soon. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really a reason why he should play the rest of the season. I mean, I know they're technically not eliminated from the playoffs yet because the Dolphins lost yesterday, but they're not going to make the playoffs. So the risk far outweighs the reward with your offensive line in particular being struggling in pass protection. Um, the team having nothing left to play for really going up against a defense like that, like, and as you said, like Carr doesn't really get hurt, but why even have that be a, a remote possibility? You know, like a freak play can happen to anybody, you know. Um, obviously don't don't wish that on anyone, don't wanna not trying to speak into existence or anything, but um, it just doesn't seem to make sense to to throw him out. Even if they, you know, wanna keep him uh beyond the season, um, if they don't want to get rid of him, it still doesn't really make sense to risk him having a significant injury for, for games that don't matter. I mean, we saw with the Packers, even like Aaron Rodgers, um, he hasn't, he's been playing at a higher level. And it was talk about maybe benching him down the stretch for Jordan Love, just if, if the Packers got eliminated from the playoffs. So they could work it in a way if they wanted to, without, I guess, tipping their hand, you know, if they were worried about that standpoint, but I just, I just don't really see a, a good reason to keep throwing him out there or somebody even like Josh Jacobs for that matter. Do you guys think that if they do make decisions sit card, do they pigeonhole themselves into having to move on from him next year? Because 
you're kind of saying like we're thinking about moving you and that could kind of hurt the psyche of Carr or the team's view on, on Carr? They also could frame it of like, hey, we don't want to have our starting quarterback tear his ACL or something and not have him next season for games that don't matter. There's ways to spin it to like say that, hey, this doesn't mean that you're gone, even though it probably would mean that he's gone. A lot of it comes down to Carr's reaction. I mean, I, Vic, how, how do you think Carr would react to being told, yeah, we're going to sit you out the last two games? I, I don't think that would go over very well. No, it wouldn't go over very well. I think my bigger concern would be uh, the rest of the team. If you're Josh McDaniels, obviously Derek has some juice in the locker room. We saw the, the players chant his name after that, that Broncos win early on. So he's got some respect in the locker room to say, hey, man, all this is your fault. You're not playing the next two <laughs> weeks and we're moving on. I don't think some players would, would react too well to that if that's what the coaching staff is going to say. And we all, we have mentioned that Derek Carr is very durable, so he hasn't gotten hurt, knock on wood. And, and I think they are still alive. I know it's a tiny remote possibility, but they are still alive. So, the, the, again, the message to your team is, you know what, I don't believe in you guys. We can't do it. Uh, this is not working. we got to play safe and, and not risk $33 million and not play him. So it is a it's a bad message to the team. I think if you do that, I think um, he does have a lot of juice in the locker room, which I think is like a really when they talk about this t- tonight or whenever tomorrow, McDaniel's and and Ziegler, uh, they got to weigh you know, the worst case scenario versus what the reaction in the locker room would be to this move because I don't think it'd be a popular one. The thing is, they've been shitting on that locker room like the entire year, <laughs> basically saying that they are they are they're like gonna get rid we're getting gonna get rid of all of you because you were bad mistakes from the Patriots regime, so they might not care. The key guys in place, like Max Crosby, huge Derek Carr guy. Devontae Adams, huge Derek Carr guy. I mean, so, and you go down, you know, I don't know who comes back on the rest of the offense. Renfro, huge you know, Derek Carr guy. So, I mean, Waller, same. So, I think, and especially defensive leaders also really respect him. So, I think, um, again, you're right, because this roster will change again in the offseason. So, you know, who knows how many guys are back. But the guys you've identified as your key guys – all are definitely uh, big Derek Carr guys. So I think um, telling those guys, hey, next two games, we don't care about. He's not playing. You got to play, but he's not playing because we may probably going to trade him and save some money or whatever. But I don't know how you tell Max Crosby that, you know, this week. So I think it's going to be a tough, a tough sell. I mean, even if they do play him out, if they move on from him really at any point this offseason, it's probably going to be, or not probably, but it will be an inflection point of can the locker room get behind whoever the replacement would end up being, whether they draft somebody or trade for a guy or sign a guy, do you, do you think that they would have the same reaction in terms of just moving on from Carr in general if it was the offseason? I mean, I think at that point they understand it, right? I mean, they, you know, nine seasons and you've been to the playoffs twice. And, you know, when you have the whole offseason to prepare for a new quarterback, it's a lot different than week 18, week 17, going up against the Niners. I mean, like, yeah, Jared Stidham's going in there. He, he's your guy. Go uh, go fight your ass off for him. So, I mean, I think you get into the offseason and, and you make that kind of move. There's there's a lot of time and, and offseason bonding to kind of get behind whoever the new guy is. People have been asking us a lot, like, about Devontae Adams. Like, I mean, that's his, you know, his best friend. And one of the reasons why he came, you know, to, to Vegas, like, um, obviously, I'm sure you know benching him during the season would, would have a more visceral reaction in the moment. But if they did move on him from him, period, I wonder how big of a reaction would they get out of Devontae? Is he just pissed off and then he gets over it, or is it doomsday? Where do we think he kind of falls in that that range of reactions to potentially moving on from Carr? I think this guy's a professional football player. So I think we saw last year when I was live and went to Bedford besides here that really were emotionally tied to him and they didn't want to see him go. He laughed, but they they adjusted. They, you know, they, they, 
they kind of got on board with the new staff and the new the new regime and stuff. So I think these guys realize that they're kind of you know they're, they're blessed to be paid for you know playing the kids' game, and I think they have to appreciate their time in the league. So I think that you always try and look find every preseason, every football team, the, every camp is positive and this is the year because you have you're putting your body in the line. You have to believe that things are going to work out that season. So I think guys will be able to rally. Whatever happens, as far as Devontae, it is a very popular question. I don't know. We can't predict what he's going to say, but my sense is that it would depend on where Derek wound up. If Derek was happy at somewhere else for a fresh start, then I think he would probably, you know, whatever, be on board. Or it, it would work itself out. So I think a lot of it depends on just how they treat Derek and what happens to him if they do move on from him, where he goes, what his comments are, what his stance is, because I think their friendship will go beyond their football careers. So I think at this point, and I wrote this last year, I think maybe Derek Carr does need a fresh start. I think he's got, I mean, a lot of things that have happened here have not been his fault. He's definitely had to carry uh, this organization through some some real shitty uh, things. So he's done a great job doing that, been a great spokesman. And the thing about even, I think, Derek Carr's haters, the fans out there who can't stand him, have to acknowledge he loves his team. He wants to play for his team. He's all about the Raiders. And that's something that a lot, you can say you can't say about that about all players. So I think he's shown that he wears this, you know, this the shield on his on his on his sleeve. So I think that's something you gotta tip your cap to him. I think um we'll see what happens with him and what happens as far as the trade or where he goes. But I think that would also determine what Devontae says as far as you know, what happens. I know you guys don't agree with this, but I think there's a chance he comes back and they they still draft a a, a rookie quarterback for the for the future i mean you know we've seen it happen in green bay and i still think there's a chance that happens i mean i think next year i would think that they still would want a veteran quarterback you know even if it's car or they decide to go in a different direction but yeah i just see it being pretty tough to go with a rookie quarterback next year with Devonte there and uh, mcdaniel's going into a pretty important year two after you know what happened this season yeah i think it's just tough with all the roster holes that they do have, even though they do have a good amount of cap space, like having a $30 million quarterback who you plan to move on from, is just kind of tricky when your defense is ass and your offensive line needs help. Maybe they, even if they did, you know, draft a quarterback that maybe can't play right away, maybe you go get a veteran like a, like a Jimmy G or some other veteran out there in free agency to kind of serve as a bridge quarterback. I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Derek Carr wouldn't react the best. I know he's not like the type of guy to like, you know, cause a lot of drama and stuff, but like basically just telling him that he's a bridge quarterback. I don't, I don't know if that's like, that would create the best environment for this team coming into next season, especially given how this year went. Maybe you frame it in a way like you play your ass off. Then, you know, we, we start thinking about doing some stuff with, with the rookie kind of like, you know, what Rogers did with uh, love after that year, he won, you know, a couple MVPs after that. So I'm not, I'm saying Carr's going to win a couple MVPs, but I'm saying, you know, maybe he lights a fire fire and he, you know, he, he starts playing better. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Vic, I mean, you've said this several times. I mean, to waste a career season from from Max Crosby, you know, obviously on the off- offensive side of the ball, um, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. Um, but, I mean, to you've got to take advantage of having a guy like Max Crosby while he's in his prime. And, I mean, they've got to find a way to put some talent around him. They've got to find a way to fa- have some playmakers in that secondary. And, you know, using that draft capital to really boost up that defense and, and going out and, you know, not being afraid to spend some money in, in free agency. And I mean, I mean, we know they did with Chandler Jones. And as soon as it finally started working out with him, uh, you know, he obviously gets hurt and he's done for the last two games. Not that that really is going to impact the season, but uh, it just seems like they need to, to find a way to really overhaul this defense. And uh, the only problem is we've seen in the past where they have gone and spent money on their defense and, and the guys that they tend to spend money on doesn't tend to work out. No, it's a perfect storm. I think, um, like you mentioned, like, like, Max and Devonte and Josh Jacobs. This, I'd say, three of the top thirty players in the NFL this year. And you're in your six and nine. And people say, yeah, they lost a lot of close games. But you're also, if Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball away, you're five and ten. And Nate Hackett may have a job still. So it's all you can always go back and forth and pick and nitpick through things. But I think with Carr, it really comes down to economics. I think like he's been at the same level. He's like we always said, top twelve, fifteen that range for a while. This year it took a little regression, but he's always been at that level. The problem is now every year the price goes up and up and up, and now we're looking at $33 million next year. You're like, wait a minute. The guy who I thought was worth, you know, three years ago this much, is he worth $33 million? And and I think that was on Derek this year, and, and again, also on Josh McDaniels to show, hey, here's Devontae Adams, you know. Here's a, a rejuvenated, fired-up Josh Jacobs in the contract here. You have all these weapons, and they have not gone to the next level. He's gotten worse this year, so... That's why it's hard to give, hey, here's $33 million next year. Let's try it again. It's very easy to rationalize moving on from Carr. I think the tricky part, and I said this on Twitter and throughout the season, is just what do you do now? Because like Carr is one of those quarterbacks where it's, it's hard to get somebody that's at his level or better, even if he's not good enough to get you over the top. And because they've won some of these close games, like they're not really in, in prime position to draft one of the highly touted quarterbacks top tier quarterbacks really just don't hit the free agency market that often. Like Tom Brady is basically the only guy that's going to be on the market that we expect this year. And then like in the trade market, I mean, what would you have to trade to get like Lamar Jackson or something like that? Like it's just, you're, they're probably going to have to take a step back at the position and we'll see if it's at the team with some, if, if they're able to beef up the defense or, or whatever, but you know, they're probably going to have to downgrade a, a quarterback before they, they try to take a step forward moving, moving ahead and, you know, I think fans at this point, they might just be so eager to move on that they don't really care about that. But that's just an interesting kind of clash, given some of the all in moves that they made, getting some older players like Devontae, Chandler Jones, very win now moves, especially if you draft a young rookie quarterback or something like that. You're, you're kind of also doing the long term view at the same time. So it's kind of a weird blending of, of, of goals there. I mean, I think we can't discount the fact that probably the guy the two quarterbacks who were two unrestricted free agent quarterbacks that are going to be out there available uh, at, at the top of the list are former Josh McDaniels quarterbacks I mean the fact that you know I don't think Brady is he an upgrade from Carr you know where he's at in his career we that can be debated and, and we'll probably have shows debating that um, you know and same for Jimmy Garoppolo I mean I, I don't I don't see him as a huge upgrade over Carr but if he comes cheaper than Carr which he should and he's a guy that has familiarity with McDaniel's system. He, he, you can easily see the fit there as a guy that you can sign to a, a mid-tier, you know, low-year 
contract and and be his bridge quarterback just because you know he's gonna he's gonna walk in with more familiarity in the system than uh than Carr walked in with and obviously it's been a while since Jimmy Garoppolo played in that McDaniel system but I mean you know McDaniels is, is comfortable and familiar with him I think Brady's a huge upgrade over Carr even at, at this uh at the stadium now I mean he's just you know he has no offensive line in Tampa Bay he's getting rid of the ball and you know, less than I forgot what he, where he is somewhere in the top three as far as fastest releases uh, right now, and you know you still see some of those like wild throws, at least three or four of them every game. Uh, he, he is missing deep a little bit more than he used to, but you know I still think he has plenty of arm strength. And um, yeah, if they're able to get Brady into this offense and upgrade the offensive line a little bit, I mean that that'd be a pretty nice situation. Yeah, I think Brady is the the easiest transition like you know something not everybody's gonna be happy about he's 46 years old and he's had some moments this year where he looks like he might be cooked and then he's not cooked uh, for like the last drive of the game like his old self but you know i i don't think it'd be too difficult like hey Devonte, we got rid of your best friend but now he had the best quarterback of all time to play with you you all right with that like it's, it'll, it'll that'll probably be fine but like a guy like jimmy g like while it makes sense like i think that might lend itself more towards that scenario that, that ted laid out earlier maybe draft in a more of a developmental type quarterback maybe you know in the second round or something like that and going to get jimmy g um and, and kind of having a guy that you know what he is like jimmy g is going to be an average to above average quarterback just in terms of the big picture but you always have you also have this young guy that you're kind of developing and and giving people a reason to be optimistic about the, the long-term outlook as well Vic, tell us what you think about Tom Brady. <laughs> I think I said in here a while back he was washed. I don't. I don't see why. I, I'm good. Brady's great and yada yada yada. He got last second win against the freaking Cardinals. That's great, great accomplishment. But um, I just don't see if you're if you're talking about if you're Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziller, talking to Mark Davis. All right, we spent all this money. Derek Carr. You know, he's the he's the reason why we're losing. Got to get rid of him. We won't try to build something for the future. Hey, let's sign up a guy who's 46 years old. I don't, I can't see that being a logical thing you say because then what happens next year if he gets hurt or you have another year like this year where you're you know, kind of struggling to get to 500, then what do you tell Mark Davis? Ah, oh, you know, that didn't work. Let's try something else. I think at this point, if you are moving on from Derek Carr, you have to have a pretty clear plan long-term. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this guy, whether it's a draft pick or Jimmy G's younger. Or, you know, I'm not a Jimmy G guy, but some of those younger, you can say in two or three years, we're going to build up and be in Super Bowl with this guy, whether it's a rookie high draft pick or, or a guy who's a veteran. But you can't say that with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is saying, okay, we're going to win it all this year. We're good enough. I know we have all these issues throughout all over the field, but we're going to add some guys, add Tom Brady, and next year we're making a run. I just can't see that being a pitch you can really sell to Mark Davis. All right, so we all agree. First round pick quarterback, bring Derek Carr for one more year. Best case scenario. Yeah, I don't see that one either. You don't help your defense there. I mean, I mean, how many times they get they drafted first round bust anyways? I mean, we can't count the first rounder as an instant upgrade for the defense. We got to let Ziggler have a, have a first round pick. He hasn't had a, you know, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt until he blows a first round pick. But we had that fear that they were going to like fall into the, you know, the 17th pick or whatever. I think they're pretty close to locked up a top 10 pick at this point. They are at number nine. And I just, I don't see any way where they win one of these last two games. I mean, maybe they beat the the Chiefs in, in week 18 if the Chiefs are resting guys. But I, uh, I think they'll still be playing for CD. And I, I don't see any way they don't finish six and 11. If they lose the last two games um, from that number nine pick, they're not going to drop out of the top tens. 
Winning one of the next two games is the worst case scenario. Do not win one of these two games because yeah. then you've yes. hurt your draft pick status and you've given the whole Derek Carney offense. They're back, baby. Let's go. No, you don't want any misleading like highlights against a, a good defense to kind of change your thinking. I think you um, at this point they have to know what they what they want to do. They're not going to say it, but they have to have a plan already in, in, in motion uh, right now. I think you just got to pull the plug now, man, because it's like. Like this team has been in every game pretty much besides the Saints game. So like, I don't know. They could win one of these two games and fuck up your draft money and 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 you know, the offense looks kind of all right or decent or carb starts bouncing back or because they, they know they're not making the playoffs this season, most likely. Like you could kind of just tell from the way McDaniels was, was talking today and in, in his presser. And so it's like they need to they need to lose out. They, they don't need Derek Carr to get hurt. They need to go into the next offseason with a clean slate and no bullshit and allow themselves to retool however they so choose and so um i just i don't I don't really see the upside of them just pushing through with this 0.5 percent chance or whatever the fuck they're gonna have going into weeks week 17 to make the playoffs to me i think josh jacobs earned the next two games off i think if you're him and he might want to try to win the rushing title i'm not for sure that's important to him but uh he's obviously proven himself above and beyond uh worthy of a huge contract and now you're out of pretty much out of the playoff race you know basically so only bad things happen for him, for him at this point. The only things that happen to him in the next two weeks where he gets hurt and hurts his, his contract value. I think he's earned he's earned a pass. I think, you know what? I mean, even if they don't plan to sign him, they should think enough of him as, you know what? You've done a great job for us this year. You've been a leader, been the guy who's carried us and run tough yards. Uh, that's enough, you man. Good job. Take the next two weeks off because I think for him, uh, and running backs is such a tough, tough market. You have to really – uh, capitalize and you have a good standing and right now he does so why would you risk that the next two weeks if you're him i think the raiders should do him a solid and say you know what that nagging uh those nagging injuries go ahead and ice them up and and we'll go on without you maybe to just give white some more carries you know they split the carry a little bit more uh with white and see what he can do get him some experience uh and pass pro and all those things that he needs because he just hasn't had that many reps and yeah like you said you want to protect jacobs but we're not really looking ahead to it towards the Niners game, but I mean, just watching that Niners defense, it's, I don't know what they're going to do against that Niners defense. Honestly, it's going to be a rough game. Yeah. The problem with white, I mean, he obviously missed this last game with an ankle injury. So you got to have him healthy. If you want to have him uh, take over and, and give you a couple games uh, for Jacobs. There's going to be a lot of uh, third and 15 Abdullah plays, baby. He's going to rack up some receiving yards. Abdullah, hey, it finally worked. Come on. We got <laughs> to, we got to, we got to have one I think positive I think moment twice out of the last month. I think it was twice the last month. So yeah, it's, uh, I guess you do it enough times. You, you, you get good at it. But uh to me, it's just such a concession play. Like, take a shot deep with Devontae. Dude, I, mean, I just don't. The deep shots that he takes to Devontae in those situations sail five yards out of bounds, so you might as well dump it off to Abdul. And... Keep doing it, man. I just, uh, I think he might get a PI call or something. Or, I don't know, but whatever. It's, it's a, it worked. Congratulations. Good play. Are we going to talk about Devontae's tweets or like tweets? Is it, is it... Yeah, we like. You like the, the passing game sucks? That uh, he's like, uh, I think it was Baldy. He was like, why can't you get Devontae Adams the ball or some shit? Let me see if he still has a light, actually. Here's the tweet. Raiders, are you allowed to throw to Devontae Adams? He played in this weather for eight years. I mean, they threw at him. They just missed him. <laughs> they did that thing where, like, they he gets a lot of targets, like, in spurts, and then they just stop going to him, like, at all for, like, a quarter or two quarters. And so, like, he ends up having, like, you know, seven, eight, nine targets, but they went, like, two quarters without throwing on the ball at all. It's like, what are you, like, why? Especially when the offense is not playing well. Like, it's one thing if I get running crazy or, like, you know, Darren Waller's going off and Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins. But like, 
No, like, they couldn't do anything. Like they just, just I know the coverage is dictating that, but like he got double plenty when he was with the Packers, and he never had an issue with him not being able to get the ball thrown his way. So it's, it's one of the, the weirder things, um, and I think hinted his frustration with it at times throughout the season, but it seems to be uh, boiling over as this this season is really going off the rail. Man, you walk out of a game where you lose only scoring 10 points and your Pro Bowl, All-Pro wide receiver is pissed that he didn't get enough quality targets and your Pro Bowl, likely All-Pro running back is pissed that he didn't get enough carries. But other than that, everything's great, right? And you got to give credit to the Steelers. I mean, always, I mean, you have to, that's a cliche, but they did a nice job. The, 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 the big the big man fronts worked against Jacobs. They had some good coverage packages on Devontae, kind of frustrated, obviously, and they didn't go to him too often. So, I mean, yeah, it was a tough environment. They definitely wanted to win for Franco Harris. So, yeah, all these games are always ripping on the team that loses. But also, like, it's a cliche, but the team that won did, did some good things also. So, um, but yeah, just overall, the offense should be so much better than it is. And that is, I think it might come down to Derek Carr, but if it does, it also comes down on Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I think one thing we do have to remember with Jacobs, like when we look at his overall numbers, is if Foster Moreau's not called for that uh, face mask on that 33-yard run, then suddenly Jacobs is 16 carries for 77 yards, averaging 4.8 per carry. Also, I think it came what, late in the third quarter. So I think Josh's point was that it, if you, it was starting to work. It was it was going to pop again. So let's keep going to it. I think that's why he was so frustrated because he had made a, a, a big one and he probably felt there was more coming if he kept trying. So, yeah, it's a tough – I mean, it's always tough when you lose. And he's clearly – in that locker room, uh, you know, there was guys who were very, you know, deathly quiet and there's not much um, chatter going on. But he was clearly uh, visibly and audibly um, upset the second we walked in there, and, and you definitely knew he had something to say. All right, everybody, that'll wrap up our post-game edition of the State of the Nation podcast. We'll be back later this week uh, as we get you set for the Raiders taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the uh, the first time the Niners come to Vegas since, uh, since the Raiders moved there. Um, not not quite the, uh, the exciting... Uh, reunion uh, bay area reunion that we were expecting uh, when this game landed as a new year's day game but uh we'll try to get you fired up for uh, raiders taking on the niners it'd be exciting man can they be spoilers can they can they ruin the niners home field chances at all or not really no i mean I so. no the niners the niners already have the division clinched um i mean they are firmly locked in as an, as at least a number three seed. You know, they are trying to catch Minnesota for the number two seed. So, I, mean, tough, they can, yeah. I mean, they're a game, they're a game back in Minnesota for, for the number two seed. So essentially they can try to ruin the Niners going after the two seed and getting an, an extra pl- home game in the playoffs, but um, not a huge spoiler. Yeah. They have, they have a bunch of hungover Bay area folks in the stands after new year's, new year's Eve. Like, you know, so it's going to be a good time. It'd be, be excited. Should all be, be thrilled to watch Jared Stidham uh, and, and Zamir White on offense try to try to put up points against the 49ers defense. It's going to be a lot of red in Allegiant Stadium the next two weeks, aren't there? And if you're going to the game, just chill out in the violence. You know, like they stopped the Niners wow. Raiders pre, chill out uh, the preseason violence. games because of uh, people getting injured and whatnot. Keep that lady that was yelling at the Patriots fan away from the game. It's uh... a. <laughs> That's cool. You see the Patriots. So they brought him in. Uh, they, he was like uh, a guest of uh, of Robert Kraft at uh, at this weekend's game. Although, like honestly, like if I'm him, like I appreciate the Patriots inviting me, making me a guest. And, but like, 
I kind of don't really want to sit next to the owner and watch that game. Enough. I'd rather just like g- give me give me some good seats in the stands and like uh, I'd rather just let let me bring a buddy and let me let me chill in the stands. Like I don't really want to sit next to Robert Kraft at that. Or at game. least take him to the pregame massage parlor trip. Let's take him over there. Oh, 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 <laughs> too much. Oh, my bad. Too much. Too much. And Andy was wearing a Brady jersey too, which I, which I loved. We got to leave Audison. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will talk to you again later this week to get you ready for Raiders and Niners. Later. All right, y'all. Adios.